five, four, three, two, one. We have ignition. And welcome back to episode 14 of At Least It's Not Rocket Science. I know we've been away for a while, but we have a pretty good episode coming in. And here's my co-host, JJ and Kyle. And today we're actually going to start off with going over the FRR. Uh, JJ, would you like to take that one? You know, Nathaniel, I would love to. You know, it's been so long since we've had a chance to talk with everyone. If your memories are long or your attention span short, uh, I'll remind you anyway. So... The last time we talked to everyone, we did the FRR or the Flight Readiness Review in Brothers, Oregon, uh, you know, kind of near Bend. After driving through a long snowstorm, our mentor almost spinning out, uh, thankfully he's okay, we went to the lovely and exciting land of Goldendale, Washington. Now, Goldendale, you may ask, how exciting is Goldendale, Nathaniel? Uh, I thought it was going to be like, you know, mountains, some, some things here and there, but it was like farmland. Yes. Flat. Yes. Good place to launch a rocket. Very good. Yeah, very good place for rockets. Well, in a sense, for something that is supposed to be less windy, they happen to have a lot of windmills around there because it is so windy. So we kind of got a little taste of the Pacific Northwest with the hail, uh, the rain, the sun that all occurred there. So, But I digress. So this FRR launch that we did, uh, if you recall, we needed to do a successful one. And I will give you a little spoiler warning. Our rocket was a success. So golf clap for that. I'm clapping. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And, you know, our launch actually went so well, uh, except for one thing. And that is during the launch, uh, when the main chute deployed at 650 feet, uh, the wind actually happened to blow our rocket into a nice, friendly little barbed wire fence, uh, tearing our 10 foot parachute and a $400 check parachute uh, right into that barbed wire fence. And uh, the wind kept blowing it on there so that when we (laughs) attempted to remove it from this fence, uh, it happened to tear more holes in it. So that was, uh, you know, it was nice to see everything functioning. However, it was not nice to see the parachute being torn in two pieces. Now, the team was uh, extremely, uh, you know, excited to see that uh, we had succeeded in our mission. And thankfully, uh, because, you know, foresight is 2020 and hindsight is also 2020. And we happened to be looking through old USOI stuff. We saw that we had a spare parachute. So we just had a spare 10 foot parachute lying around. And from there, we submitted all of our documents and we went to where, Nathaniel? Where, Kyle? Huntsville, Huntsville Alabama. Alabama. Woo-hoo. I know people probably don't exactly know where Huntsville is in Alabama, but I can assure you that it is in Alabama and it is North <laughs> Alabama. It's kind of near the Tennessee border. And, you know, the whole journey of how we got there is a long and arduous one. Imagine like a, a modern day crusade. You know, we drove to Alabama from Corvallis, Oregon. I'll let that, I'm going to let that sink in for a moment. That was about what? On the GPS, it says like, what, 39 hours? But, you know, stopping for gas, things like that. It had to been like 42, 44. We can go with 42. If 42? Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Maybe more. 42. <laughs> maybe more. Yeah, maybe, maybe more. more. Then we had to stay in the night. So that was a long trip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we may, better make sure to mention, it's 42 hours there and 42 hours back. So it was a long journey. Uh, We drove about 6,000 miles total, maybe a little bit more. But this journey was uh, legendary as uh, we had my father carrying the rocket with my mom and my aunt and uncle driving down to Alabama as well. And the team, uh, as Kyle maybe mentioned earlier, this is alleged, of course. I would never admit to a crime on the podcast. Maybe possibly breaking every single speed 
and traffic law on the way down to Alabama and the way back. You know, uh, allegedly, allegedly, you know, I would never, of course, admit to this. <laughs> uh, so there were six of us driving and two flying and uh, the journey down was an excellent one. Uh, so the car ride, we had me, Nathaniel and our other member, Ian. And then in the other car, we had Kyle, Isaac and James. So what was it like in your guys's car, Kyle? Business, business, business. Um, <laughs> I had a eventful night prior, you know, I'm not going to go into it. And so I didn't get any sleep. So I slept for like the first six hours and then got behind the wheel and pretty much uh, did the rest of it. And then we, uh, we punked James. He, he, uh, fell asleep and we, uh, uh, he, he when he fell asleep, he woke up in Huntsville. <laughs> yep. That uh, so, sounds about that was, right. That was kind of funny. We had Ian uh, working on the payload in the car. Uh, I forgot to mention that we did this in three days. So it was 13, 14, 15 hour days each. Um, and our car ride, I think, was pretty uh, excellent. I think that you fell asleep because you took too much Dremamine. I'm talking to Nathaniel. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, the second part, yeah. And then Ian uh, just didn't sleep at all because he was working on payload. So mostly it was just me driving and listening to music and enjoying the wonderful sights. <laughs> and I can tell everyone all about the route that we took. Now, I don't know if you're ready. We took the most exciting states. You know, <laughs> they are called flyover states for a reason, but I now believe them. Before I didn't, but now I do. We drove through Idaho. Boring. No offense, Idaho. Uh, no offense to anyone from any of these states, but, you know, some of your states are very boring. Um, not North Carolina, of course. Shout out to North Carolina. Um, so we drove through Idaho, uh, Utah, and we stopped in Salt Lake City. And have we got a story about that Salt Lake City uh, hotel room. Uh, then we drove through Wyoming to Nebraska, and then we stayed in Lincoln, Nebraska. Also a very exciting drive, I'm sure you can imagine. And then from Nebraska, we drove through Iowa, Missouri, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, and then into Alabama during a 14-hour day drive. And I will make sure that I never step foot into any of those, uh, you know, Great Plains states ever again. Hey, I like Lincoln City. All right, listen. Yeah, Nebraska wasn't good. that bad, though. All right, come on. There's one place in Nebraska I liked, and that was Kimball. <laughs> We actually met some people from, or a, a guy from Oregon in uh, in Nebraska, Kimball, Nebraska, and that was like in the middle of the state, probably one of the few pieces of civilization that exists out there. But our that Salt Lake City place, let's go along the journey here. <laughs> Stopping in Salt Lake City, how wonderful was that hotel? Don't we don't yeah. say the name of the hotel, but how wonderful was that room? Oh. Did I forget to mention there was six of us in one hotel room with two beds and no couch? Never again. Six Never men. Again. Six strapping, <laughs> strapping, sweaty men. Never again. All stuck in one room. The AC oh, was cold. And it was on Easter. Oh, yeah, and it was on Easter. So, and we were all living no off food of... at all. So I won't say any more than this, but I will infer. We went to Salt Lake City in a state of Utah on Easter. And there was no food open when we got there. <laughs> Because of the special day that it was in a special place that we were. So we were forced to order uh, some some Uber Eats. And then our Uber Eats meal came. And it was it was all... Uh, <laughs> the the order Uber was Eats. all messed up. <laughs> and one of our members has a peanut allergy. So we had to make sure to keep it away from him so that he didn't, you know, die. I'm you honestly know, surprised he lived through this trip. Yep. It was an excellent journey. Uh, you know, a few of us... I was going to sleep on the ground eventually. Kyle slept in a chair like James Bond waiting for someone no, to come into a hotel room. No, he slept on slept on the floor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. And then we got out of Salt Lake City as soon as we could. 
drove I drove to the Rockies, probably going like eighty five, sleep deprived. It was a good time. Pitch black. Pitch black, yeah. Snow on the sides. Snow, yeah, exactly. The Rockies are still covered in snow. And then as we finally got into Wyoming, I, I learned that we went and picked the route through the most boring part of Wyoming. Northern <laughs> Wyoming is super cool. You go, you have the Rocky Mountains, you have Devil's Tower. We drove through flat uh, Cheyenne, Washington, Cheyenne, Washington, Cheyenne, Wyoming. But there was the Little America Hotel and the Sinclair gas stations with the Sinclair dinosaur. That was pretty bad. Which Sick. Nathaniel and I got pictures of. And, uh, you know, I love that little dinosaur. <laughs> And your car, you, we were all on the same route, but anything fun happened in yours? I know you said it was all business. It was pretty much all business. Um, we blared loud music uh, going down the hallway. We did stop in Seclair, and we have our own photos of the little dinosaur. There you go. Um, we had, uh, yeah, pretty much trying to get catch up to you guys because uh, I'm the only one with a similar driving style. So. <laughs> <laughs> Our car had a lead foot. It seems that we were, in fact, Mud 1 and the exciting car then. Since we always made sure we stopped to have fun, we didn't care if we were late to our hotels, and we made it. So the second day, we drove through Wyoming and then Nebraska. Let me tell you, Nebraska needs to up its speed limit for its laws. Because <laughs> 60 mile per hour? It was 80 miles per hour, and I still think they needed there to up it. There was nothing there. It, I tested it. I tried to test the alignment, and I could take my hands off the wheel and just... Put the, my yeah, phone on the yeah, gas you know, I just for like a solid twenty minutes, and I didn't have to change direction or anything. You know, one time I just made Nathaniel hold the wheel, and I took a little nap while I was driving. <laughs> I I didn't actually do that for legal reasons. This is a joke. <laughs> I felt like I could have done that. Uh, you know, I feel like Nebraska would be a good place to launch a rocket. I'll tell you that. Yeah, but we but, drove through Nebraska. Thankfully, I won't. I don't want to slander Nebraska too much because we got to Lincoln, and Lincoln was very nice. I liked Lincoln a lot, actually. We yeah. drove through. We we took a wrong turn. Our car took a wrong turn. We <laughs> drove around Lincoln for a little bit, and we had to pick up some groceries for our our member with the peanut allergy. Mm-hmm. Get some some safe food for him. Um, honestly, it reminded me of. Uh, uh, San Antonio a little bit and I'm like mm, this feels like home like, yeah. <laughs> I was getting a little like nostalgic because the, the way the city was set up made sense to me everything was right right where I thought it would be and I'm like hmm I can I can see myself being here for a little bit but yep. outside of Lincoln was uh, more Nebraska so. yep. <laughs> and then once we got through or we got to the hotel at Lincoln thankfully it was way nicer we actually had a uh, a, uh, a futon that pulled out and because I'm team lead, I had to I had to whip everyone into shape and make them get up at three or four a.m. I was not popular during the ride down. I imagine. I I mean I didn't mind. You I understood. Did, yeah. No, I just understood the assignment. Too. Like I think I was awake before you. Yeah, I mean most of the time I would just like lay down or my alarm would go off and then I just have to hope that everyone else would get up as well. <laughs> Actually, our alarms would go off at the same yeah. time, Nathaniel. Because it always sound you have the the Narcos theme song and then your alarm <laughs> going off at the same time. Yeah. So we left Lincoln early. Um, that was when you guys left early, and then I sped past you go, <laughs> going allegedly 95 miles per hour. Uh, I was trying to get through Iowa as fast as possible uh, in my uh, for we, an excuse for myself. We understood. We're like, hmm, why are they going so fast? Yeah. And then we hit, like, what was it, Nashville? And we got stuck in the, oh, the rush oh, hour. Yeah. And I've never seen Isaac so angry. Oh. <laughs> like, that was me on the way back. Legitimately, like Isaac. Oh, so Isaac is oh, awesome, no. right? He he's a great guy. Very you know you know yes. has a good head on his shoulders. But watching him road rage is one of my most priceless valued memories. You know, you know. I'm not, I learned some new words that day. That, that traffic was awful. Yeah, I mean, literally, we were going nice, like you know, nice speed, 
And then all of a sudden we get into the city, and it's like, it kind of looks like Portland. You're like, oh, it's not that bad. And then all of a sudden it's just standstill. Yeah. Oh, it's laid out and like Portland. you look at the GPS, and it's just red. It's like 40 plus 40 minutes. And you're just like, no. For you Ogonians no. listening, it's like Wilsonville, but like triple the size, you know? Okay. I'm going to preface this. Nashville was the second worst road rage moment I had. <laughs> and I won't tell you. I'll let you guess towards the end where the last one was. <laughs> but... When we were in Nashville, I was driving, and Nathaniel and Ian were probably laughing at me so much because I was I was getting so mad at uh, you know everyone in Nashville not knowing how to drive, you know. Sorry, the South, but uh, you you don't you don't know how to drive. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> so uh, you know, our our podcast manager uh, Megan is here, and she is agreeing. She's from North Carolina, so uh, we have backup here. Yeah, it was uh, pretty awful. And then we learned on the way down our car, uh, we learned that, uh, you know, the card that we used, well, I didn't use, that AIAA used to get us the hotels, uh, it got declined for our hotel we were staying at for a week. One hour before arriving <laughs> to the hotel. Unluckily, um, Hale has, was cashing in on their budget which was like, what, $4,000 all on the same card yeah, and uh, exceeded our limit. And we had to had to figure figure that out. It was like a thirty five hundred dollar like our cash. You know, it was that's how much the hotel cost for that long. And I don't have that limit on my credit card. <laughs> and so my plan was to divide it between your credit card and my credit card <laughs> if we had to. So, you know, we get this call or uh, I see that I can't check us into the hotel and then I'm driving and then Nathaniel is in the front seat. And at this point, I will admit I was going kind of fast as I was driving along this Kentucky highway, trying to get to the hotel as fast as possible, trying to get into Alabama as Nathaniel made every single call on my contact <laughs> list that he could. And we did not want to be stranded in, you know, the South with literally nowhere to sleep. So or that or we find just like uh, we found a few nice homes that looked like they burnt down. We could have probably stayed in. But we should also recognize Professor Grieven. Yes. He uh, he came in clutch for us. Uh, we out of the list of people that we called, he was the first one to pick up. And he literally said, hey, guys, don't worry about it. Put it on my card. I'll take care of it. But we, we didn't. We were very happy and thankful for that. We didn't go with it because we didn't want to put that onto him. Uh, later on down, we actually get in contact with the president of the AIAA, uh, James. James Shea. And he ends up putting it on his personal card. Yes. And we, we've interviewed him before, if you'd like to go back and listen to that episode. But yes, we got to Alabama safely. Uh, we did happen to play to play some uh, some Northerner songs as we entered <laughs> into the South. You were going to get us all killed. <laughs> so uh, we were listening to that. It was wonderful. We got into Alabama. We got our hotel. And then we slept in that night. For well, once. we had a few close calls. We almost lost Jason. Oh, wait, what do you... Oh, yeah, so <laughs> one of our members, Jason, who was flying, uh, there is happen. There happens to be two hotels down there. Three hotels. Sorry, Nathaniel's throwing up a three. All on the same name, all on the same road. Uh, all on the same road. One says either, Express. Yeah, Express, one doesn't West, say Express. and one doesn't <laughs> say West Parkway, or West Research Parkway. And so uh, our, our member that flew in, we got there probably like six or seven, uh, and he flew in at like four or three. And so he basically just uh, Ubered around and then walked and then finally got to the right place to try to check in, but we couldn't check in because of the card stuff and so on and so forth. And then my car was freaking out because we were going to pick him up from 
the the false location, but there was a communication gap, and so we were figuring out what happened to Jason. <laughs> he got got or something. He got kidnapped. Disappeared. He disappeared. Yeah, never to be found the again. The Gators got him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we got down to Alabama, and bam, we were there. We were ready. The rocket got there the next day. Uh, we got to see the uh, the space center, the U.S. Space Center and Space Museum. I don't remember the name in Huntsville, where they have a Saturn V rocket. They have shout a, out to Bill. Shout out to Bill. Is he one of the, the rocket scientists? Yeah, you guys were talking to him. Oh yeah, 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 yeah remember yeah, yeah. Bill? That, Bill oh, was wait, awesome. I think I have his card actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, we, we had business cards. Uh, Nathaniel, Ian, and I. Yeah. So That's he was. Cool. What was he? He was the senior systems engineer on the Saturn V. Correct me if I'm, I'm wrong. No, I think you're right. And he was just a wealth of knowledge. So you know, go. Totally check them out. They are so fun to listen to and, and great to talk to. Like I said, a wealth of information. Um, answer all your questions. We learned that the Saturn V actually has, here's a little technical knowledge for you. The Saturn V actually had three different uh, analog computers on it. And what it did was if it needed a two-thirds vote to successfully do a correction on the Saturn V. So if one computer read wrong and two read correctly, they had to agree or else it wouldn't do that correction. And the ring that made up that Saturn V computer was, uh, I couldn't even quantify how big it was. It's the diameter of the Saturn V. It's massive. So to, to give you this picture, when we walked into the museum, they had an exploded view of a replica of the Saturn V mm -hmm. right above your head. And it was massive. It was probably greater in length than like a football field, probably like a football field yeah. and a half. I mean, it's 363 feet long or 365, I think. So yeah, yeah, 356. So, yeah, that's about a yeah, it's about a football field. I think football field's 300. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense because okay. yards, it's 100. Got yeah. it. Math, math. Mm, yes, we're engineers. Um, <laughs> I swear. Uh, but it, it was very interesting. We got to see the whole exploded view, and then we got to see all the little side exhibits, like how, like basic things, like how do astronauts go into the bathroom? Mm -hmm. How are they solving <laughs> these basic problems? You know, things that you don't even think about in, in, you know, everyday life that they have to solve. Yeah. And they had rides, too, that uh, a few of our members went on. The One of my, the fun facts that I always think about when in regards to Saturn V is during the Apollo 12 launch, uh, we actually talked to uh, one of the rocket scientists about this uh, when we were talking to the avionics guy. And one of the fun facts about the Apollo 12 is that it got struck by lightning, not once. But twice, right before it was about to launch, NASA was like, eh, set it up anyway. They'll be fine. And as it turned out, those... Okay, so first off, lightning does strike in the same place, apparently twice on a rocket. And uh, it apparently they had to reboot the computers mid-flight to make sure that everything was still going to function uh, so they could act... Cause they still landed on the moon on this one. But they're like, ah, oh, I got hit by lightning twice. Eh, send it up anyway. American engineering. NASA was on some different stuff back then. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so. Oh, and then also the Saturn V, the, the guy was telling us how when they first launched it, the engine was so powerful. The shock wave <laughs> yeah. hit the, the clouds and then reverberated back into the windows and shattered all the windows on the FBI building down there. Yeah, so the test, the test stand uh, in Marshall Space Flight Center, uh, we learned that when they first tested it, uh, they did it on a cloudless day and that it was fine. Uh, the locals like loved the sound because it was like roaring thunder. And then it wasn't the FBI building because that got built after. But oh. there were buildings around that when they did uh, when they did have clouds, it blew out the windows of like all the local townhouses and stuff like that. So, you know, little little fun physics fact for you there. 
Um, after the center, we got the rocket and we started preparing it for our launch readiness review. Uh, if you haven't figured it out by now, USLI has a lot of uh, RRs, a lot of reviews in general. And uh, then we got to take it for the National Association of Rocketry Gentlemen to look over our beautiful rocket that we nicknamed, or actually we named it Overkill, by the way, we decided on the name. And it actually got painted uh, after we chose the design from a little girl at uh, one of our STEM engagement events at OMSI, or the Oregon Museum of Science and Industry, for those of you that don't know. And Alice, Alice B, that was her name, so thank you, Alice, if you are listening. Uh, Hi, Alice. And uh, we got the uh, local <laughs> artist to paint the design, uh, and he did a wonderful job. Uh, I don't remember the name of the uh, the artist at the moment, but I'll try to... Remington. Post. Remington, that's what it was. Uh, so shout out to Remington, if you're listening. Hi, Remington. And uh, <laughs> the design got painted, a uh, beautiful rainbow color. Um, hopefully some pictures come out soon for the podcast, and you get to see us holding the rocket, also with our uh, very professional team uniform, which we are in currently right now. Uh, black tie, I think for sure. So, what did uh, so what was the the event all about? So they oh basically give it it's a big safety check, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So what did they have issue with our with our rocket? Do you want to get into that? <laughs> well, these very kind and caring gentlemen who obviously knew how much work we put into this rocket, uh, they had a few different issues that they were so kind to enlighten us about, and uh, our issues mainly involved. Uh, some of our connections uh, on the rocket, uh, we had a an eye bolt that was bent over. So if you imagine a piece of metal, if you roll it into like a loop, that's what ours looked like. I think the and, technical name it was a folded eye bolt. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or, and so you're not supposed to have that in rocketry. We didn't know that. And so we just bought a forged one in which the, there is no bent anything. It's just made like a loop. Like Ryan, a, James, like a and I have had to gone to every single hardware store in Huntsville yeah, <laughs> trying I, to track this down. I made two teams. I made the hardware team. And I made the um, safety checklist the safety team. checklist team, which was me, Nathaniel, and Jason, and Ian working on the payload. Ian was his own team, payload guy. Yep. And then everyone else was searching for that eye bolt. And then we had to put lock nuts, and we had to buy like a, a hacksaw first off. And then I had to hacksaw a, a five sixteenth th- threaded rod in the hotel room in Alabama in order to get all of these lock nuts and Loctite and all that on. And then we had to change our safety checklist, and you know, in case the rocket blew up or decided to, you know, grow legs and walk away. At first, they said, "What if the rocket lightning strikes the rocket?" Mm-hmm. And so we had to make a checklist on uh, what happens if the lightning strikes the rocket. And a contingency. Like, yeah, and then they also said, "What if the motor catos?" So we made a contingency. And for what the does motor cato mean? Uh, catastrophic failure. Yeah. Essentially. On the pad. Yeah. And- uh, so we we did that. We got the rocket fixed. They accepted it. And then our checklist, uh, when we went around there for the second time, they didn't accept it because we didn't have anything about the rocket catoing. And so then everything for the rocket was good. And then we went home and or home. We went to back to the hotel, fixed the safety checklist, and then finally brought it back. Now, we brought it back on the next day, which was the rocket fair day. And the Rocket Fair was a really cool event that was hosted by the SLI team and by NASA, uh, where there were recruiters from Northrop Grum- Grumman. Uh, NASA was there with internship stuff. And uh, all the teams had their rockets on display and possibly even like a payload demonstration. Uh, and they were basically there for locals and anyone that was around to come in and like talk to us about a rocket. Uh, we had a display for our payload up. Uh, we had the rocket out on uh, some stands that were made by our volunteers. Shout out to them. 
And uh, it was a really cool event. And as we turned in that safety checklist for that final checkoff, uh, we actually overheard a conversation with uh, some people, well, specifically the team captain of NC State at Raleigh, um, North Carolina State. And uh, what I overheard was that uh, they were missing a few parts for their motor for their rocket. And uh, Meredith, that was her name, uh, Meredith, the team captain, I overheard her talking to the NAR guys, uh, the National Association of Rocketry again, and she had told them that uh, she had sent a team to drive uh, like four or five hours to Georgia to get rocket supplies. And we had previously had a conversation with the team that uh, we had the same motor and we happened to bring uh, double of what we needed, which is JJ's law, bring two of what you think you need. So... Uh, I went and approached her. I gave her my business card. I said, this is my number. Text me what you need, and I think we might have uh, what you need to basically make sure that you launch. And lo and behold, uh, we had the right components. And so uh, we gave those to NC State. I have a spinoff story off of that. What's I don't up? think you guys were there, but I think their mentor came and approached like us. Mm -hmm. like, we didn't know you guys did that. Yeah. And he go, he Picks me out from the crowd. Everybody's busy doing things. Oh, yeah, and we, I'm, I'm talking with people. We he, all had our Hawaiian shirts on. Yeah. So it was, or, sorry, our business uniform. Maybe it was because I was tall. Maybe it was because I was like engaging a bunch of people outside. But he walks up to me and goes, "Thank you so much for what you've done. I appreciate everything you've done. We now ha we stand a chance." And he's like thanking me so much. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> he's just sh was shaking my hand, and I'm like, you know what? This has JJ written all over it. You're welcome. <laughs> We're so happy to help. <laughs> you know, like accepting it and everything. And Jason leans up, leans up to me and goes, "Who, who was that? What, what was going on with that? And I have no idea." But I'm gonna I'm gonna take it as as we roll, you know. There you go. And I, I didn't even figure this out until I think it had to have been like two days later when mm -hmm. you were actually sharing this information. Yes. So I'm like, yep, I'm just yep. you're welcome, sir. Whatever you need, we're always here for you. Yeah. Well, it was uh, you know, it was kind of this. I've been in these kind of competitions before, and uh, you know, the spirit of of competitiveness, but also like cooperation, is present like within all of this, and NASA especially. Like NASA's not getting places by you know doing it on its own, right? Like it's getting support from like uh, SpaceX, Boeing, like all sorts of different things. And so in that sense, uh, you know, we're all a team. We all want to do the same thing. You know, work for NASA in aerospace. So why not help them out? And oh. it's definitely I have to I have to give credit where credit is due. Nathaniel was the one who was like, yeah, let's have multiple motors. Because if we didn't have those two motors with the two reload kits, you know what? Uh, we would have been SOL, or they would have been SOL, because we wouldn't have had the chance to help them. But uh, thankfully, we had them, so congrats. Good job, Nathaniel. That's also, you know, JJ's law <laughs> coming on to me, because originally the second motor was in case our uh, payload back to Goldendale failed. So we would had a another motor, and... Um, that's where it came from. But then we came down to Huntsville and we brought it just in case for whatever reason. If sometimes these motor kits, they just don't carry the gaskets. Sometimes they don't carry certain parts that you the need. igniter. Yeah, exactly. We actually experienced the igniter on our first launch in um, Brothers. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we brought both. Because if one kid doesn't have it, then we know the other one has to have it. Yep. Um, but yeah. Well, good job, because uh, not only did it help us, but uh, it, so it also gave uh, Oregon State University the reputation uh, that we didn't expect to get. Because after the rocket fair, after we gave this uh, motor to uh, North Carolina State, uh, 
it turns out that word had spread around because several different teams came up to Oregon State University's tent in the prep area and they said, hey, do you guys have this or can you help get this this specific uh, motor retainer open for me? I was at the tent the whole time. I counted eight separate teams walking by like, hey, you know, I had a thing, this. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have an extra whatever? Mm -hmm. And one of them just came up to you and was like, hey, I need help unscrewing something. Oh, yeah, that, that, was, the, that was the, yeah, it was the Central Oregon team. And I was like, they're like, I can't get this off. And I just was like, and I was like, oh, and they're like, oh, my God, thank you. I was like, oh, okay, well, perfect. Yeah, it was a, it was a great event. And just going back to the, the rock affair, just, it was amazing, I thought, seeing all the different payload designs that were good, that was happening. And we got to talk about, you know, budgets and, and manp manpower and things like that. And it was really interesting. It was it was very eye-opening on we were competing on, on the same or similar level to all these grand, you know, teams. They have like 90 people, 100 people, 200 people with, you know, a uh, budget greater than God's, you know. <laughs> yeah. and yes. We're, and you can say that again. <laughs> it, it, it was amazing. And some of the things that they had were out of this world. It was so futuristic. I'm like, I'm jealous. I'm like looking at them. And, yeah. Uh, Another thing that I thought was really interesting, every idea we had previous, previously thought up, like way back in fall, way back, you know, right after the proposal, um, there was an iteration of one of our ideas. For the payload, you mean? For the payload. For the payload, uh, even for like the general rockets, mm -hmm. you know, we, all, there are all sorts of different rocket designs, different nose cone designs, different fin designs. Jolly Logic. Jolly Logic, yep. pair, you know, recovery designs. And it was just really amazing that everybody is kind of vibing on the same wavelength. And James and I were walking around, and we had a chance to talk about these other teams' payload. Because I'm on the payload team, too. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, what made you decide to do that? And it's really interesting seeing our same or similar thought processes and then having the different or seeing their resources and how they made the decisions based off of that. And I'm like, this is, this is how you know you're in the right place, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was uh, it was impressive seeing these teams of again like fifty, and there's eight of us, and uh, you know not getting into specifics, but talking to them, their entire rocket costed, you know, or cost like as much or you know one and a half times what our entire budget for USLI was this year. Uh, so it was impressive seeing that we managed to get to the same point as them, uh, despite you know the lack of. Uh, the lack of capital and the lack of personnel, but you know what? We got it and we got there. So, so back to the launch day. So we had a bunch of people coming up to help us. We we're happy to help always. Uh, we got everything prepared. Um, and I was in, you could describe how you felt Nathaniel, because for whatever reason, you know, every other launch I, I wake up and as soon as like, I'm al like alive that morning, I'm nervous. My heart beats racing. I'm thinking like, all right, this could go wrong. This could go wrong. This could go wrong. But I woke up that day, I saw the sun rising, and I, a tear came to my eye. It was beautiful. I was in such a moment of bliss. It was like I was, it was, like I was being born for the first time. <laughs> you know, I, I was, it was a beautiful moment. You know, it was like I was seeing Disneyland for the first time, and no one was there. You know, I got I get to ride Splash Mountain all by myself. And so, <laughs> no fast pass? Yeah, no fast pass either. And so we get to the site, and I'm at peace somehow. And uh, we're building the rocket. And once it's all built, Nathaniel is nervous and our mentor Gary is nervous. And how are you normally during the rocket launches? I was, gonna say, I was nervous since the alarm went off and we were going to the launch site. Uh, typically, every other launch, even all the way down to Stockton, our very first subscale launch, 
I've been exactly how you describe. I wake up, I'm like, oh, you know, it's just another day. It's not that bad. I'm pretty fine, chill. And then we get to the launch site. We launch. I'm like, there we go. Time to go back home, do an analysis and everything. But this morning, I wake up and I'm just like, I feel antsy and everything. I'm drinking water because I'm just trying to stay hydrated because that day was so hot. Oh. I mean, it was unbelievably hot. And so because I drank so much water, I'd be going to the bathroom like every other 30 minutes. And it's just also like the anxiety is hitting you and you're just like, this is it. And I think the thing that got me the most is like, if this rocket Kato's, it's over. If it launches, it's over. You know, if for whatever reason, if we don't launch, if we don't qualify, it's over. Like, I think that was why I was mainly at peace with it. Because in my mind, it was like, it'll either work or it won't. Finality. And finality. It was like, and I'm fine if it works, you know, and, you know, I'm a little bit of a bedding man, you know. That's that's a coin toss I'd take. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you think about it, you know, everyone on this team are so dedicated and hardworking that there was no way that we were not going to to succeed in some some way. So I was like, you know what? It will come up. It will come down at least in one piece. <laughs> I guess <laughs> that I will know. I guess and so. I think I was mostly right. I feel like another thing that added on to that like anxiousness that I had was just hearing NC State's story about how their motor Cato. Oh yeah. Mm. And we were using the exact same motor, and it's like that could literally happen today. Yep. It's gonna happen true. later on. Like I think normally what causes my anxiousness is because you and I are like. Other than, like, J Jason works with a lot of, like, the black powder stuff, but he has no clue what's going on with, like, the computers. You and I are, like, the most knowledgeable when it comes to those flight computers, and we know that they are uh, tricky little buggers and that they really like to misbehave when we don't want them to. And normally that's when I, I freak out or I'm like, you know, is this actually going to work? But once I figured out the battery problem in the hotel room uh, prior to the LRR, I was like, oh, perfect. No problem here, you know, it kind of like Kyle said, you know, after this, no matter what, it's over. That was quite the relief when uh, we switched batteries to the new fresh battery. I made battery. sure to tell you that because I didn't show you it, but I was like, I showed Ian, like, I can see that the voltage is high, like, we're good. Yeah, that was, that was quite a relief because I was like, well, hopefully the this doesn't happen over here, too. Yeah, so what uh, we're discussing, to a brief callback, uh, during our FRR flight in Goldendale, uh, what happened was on our flight computer's graph, uh, as soon as the main chute went off, it drained the whole battery so that the Telemega technically not died, but it stopped reading and displaying data. And so we just got it, the main going off, and then the computer showed nothing else. And then our Easy Mega showed everything, and it was because when the main charge went off and set off our black powder, uh, it drained the entirety of our LiPo battery, which then turned off the Telemega, or turned it off to the point where it wasn't going to record data anymore. And so I replaced the battery, kind of like you would do for like a remote control, and then bada bing, bada boom, it worked. It's like magic. Like magic. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> and so uh, we got the rocket ready, and then Nathaniel and our mentor Gary, again, shout out to Gary, uh, we have a story about him after. Well, actually, we'll tell it when we get to the pad. We, we can say it after. Yeah. So we got the rocket ready, and in uh, part of our safety checklist is only L1 certified uh, members go to the pad. And so it was me, Gary, and Nathaniel. We walked the rocket there, and we are singing a song that we had made up on the spot in reference to John Brown's body. And it was... Glory, glory, what a hell of a day to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a day to fly. You know, so on and so forth. Uh, we actually got a few of the team. We're hoping that the NASA broadcast caught it, but we got a few of the other teams to join in on it. The GoPro caught it. The GoPro caught it. 
Um, and so we got out to the pad, we set up the rocket, and then as soon as we got telemetry on the Telemega, I was so happy. So then we were ready, and uh, there's a few photos of us. But uh, as we were talking to Gary, everyone signed the rocket prior to us carrying it out, including my parents because they helped sponsor our journey down there. We were talking to Gary, and he had wrote 4, 15, not 23, but 52 on there. But and we thought it was 23. Yeah, we, we were stopped like, oh, looking just put after the date. The date. Yeah. yeah. It turns out that Gary came down with us for his very first time in Huntsville with his only, I think, his second USLI team, and it was his birthday. It was Gary's 71st birthday, and he came with us down to Alabama. And not only did Nathaniel and I both look at each other in, like, astonishment, but we looked at Gary, and he had, like, the biggest grin on his face. I could tell he was so happy to be there. He had he was so much pride in us as a team. And uh, he said that I would not, I, you know, my, my folks and my wife were mad that I'm here, but I wouldn't, I would rather, I wouldn't rather be anywhere else. And so uh, that really shows the dedication of a mentor that Gary was for this team. Yeah. I mean, like we can't say thank you enough for yes. everything, every little ounce of wisdom mm-hmm. that has been passed down. Like, it's just, we can't say thank you enough. Like yeah. I said, I get, thank you so much, Gary, for listening. Uh, we appreciate you so much. And uh, we we got off the, the launch field, and then finally the time came for our rocket to launch. And uh, you want to explain what happened during the launch? It's all good, by the way. Yeah, um, actually, so we just hear the three, two, one, ignition. And then it took a little bit, but then you just see the rocket. The rocket engine comes up with a bright blue vibrant mm-hmm. flame because it's a L1520T Blue Thunder. Blue Thunder is because it's a blue flame. And it comes right off the pad, and as it's going up, it tilts about 20 degrees towards the wind because we got a wind gust right when our rocket went up. And because our stability is above two, as we mentioned before, it recorrects itself to kind of so recorrects itself to go back. And so because high stability steers into the wind, not with the wind. Exactly. And so you see the rocket kind of go back and forth as it goes up into the air, and then it straightens out, goes straight into the clouds. And it seems like for USLI here at Oregon State University, we always go into the clouds. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a trend that I've seen. Maybe that should have been our motto. (laughs) Into (laughs) Into the the clouds. clouds. Yeah. (laughs) And then after it's into the clouds, you kind of wait a couple seconds, and you can see it coming right back down with the drogue out, and we all yell. We all scream. You can hear us just, yeah. "Yeah." And then we were waiting for it to come back down, and the announcer, he's he's announcing the altitude. He's like, it looks like a 1,000 feet. Mm 900 feet, yep. 800 feet, and, and then our, we hear... I was at 650 was our, when our main is supposed to go off. And we hear 700 feet, and I can feel the anxious. I look around, and everyone's just fired up, come charged, on, and on, ready. You can hear JJ saying, come on, come can on, Can you hear me on the live on. stream? I can hear you on uh, the video that was taken <laughs> of, our, of our rocket. And then out of nowhere, you just see this nice plume of smoke come from the rocket, which is our ejection charge, and then the main just comes out like a beauty. The feeling I felt when that main parachute came out is I, I could not describe the elation that I felt. Really, it was euphoric. It was it was done. We were everything we had done and worked up towards was a success. Well, that main parachute that was Nathaniel and I's biggest concern because if that didn't come out, the rocket plummeted. So as soon as I saw that parachute come out, I think I blew out my throat right then and there with yelling <laughs> because I screamed as if. I, 
as as if I had like had you know a child at that moment. Like yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, the rocket in a way is kind of like my and child. Then we, we did the classic Scobies. Yeah. Yep. The announcer didn't know what we were talking about when he yeah. said that. We're like, yeah, Scobies, and goes, I do not know what you said, yeah, but look like, at their enthusiasm. Now, they're now just they're, yelling. Now they're just yelling. Yeah, because <laughs> so, there's only eight of us, so we had to sound like two hundred. And uh, you can actually hear me on the live stream as the rocket has successfully deployed its main parachute and is coming down slowly. You can hear me during the NASA live stream when I yell, we didn't drive 40 hours for nothing. And uh, everyone at home that uh, knew that our rocket was launching in that moment, apparently everyone heard that. And uh, (laughs) apparently most of them knew it was me. I feel like that should be on a plaque underneath the rocket. <laughs> we didn't drive 40 hours for nothing. Like, that, that would be a beauty. It was uh, an amazing moment. Um, and, you know, skipping to the end, we waited around for a while. Um, got interviewed on NASA TV. That was pretty cool. Uh, when, when we went to go find the rocket, uh, it was, of course, a nice long trek over an Alabama field in 80-degree weather with no clouds basically out at the time when we went to go get the rocket. And the wind apparently had blown it, I don't know, maybe a 1,000 feet into a tree. Oh, it was more than that. We we managed to track it because the Finns carved a route. From the, tel- <laughs> from the Telemega, from, it was about a 1,000 feet. Yeah, but the uh, we walked the pace, and it had been about, from when the Finns touched down and then dragged that whole time, had it been about almost a quarter mile because um, it did some, some loops and some swerves because the parachute was still picking it up. And, yep. Uh, ten foot landed into a tree and beautifully. It, yeah, thankfully we were able to go grab it because there are certain property rules that we couldn't go off since it was a NASA event and locals and so on and so forth. But we got it out of the tree. It had also done the nice. It had done a nice job carving out the fields for these uh, these farmers because it had picked up maybe about seven pounds worth of dirt while it was scraping <laughs> along the ground. <laughs> Uh, but the rocket is completely fine. I'm actually looking at it right next to us right now. Uh, not a scratch. Not a scratch on it. The there's the decal with the overkill name is a little scuffed, but everything is good. So we got the rocket. We got back. Finally, after all that, it was done. Yeah. I mean, after seeing that main come out, I just felt all the anxiousness just flow out like lightning coming out my fingertips. We have been working on this project since June 16th of 2022, and it culminated in that moment, April 15th of 2023, and the amount of elation, excitement, like relief that we all felt, uh, I'm sure was palpable. And especially after driving all that distance, we didn't drive 40 hours for nothing. <laughs> Indeed. And uh, yeah, it, skipping forward, uh, you know, we got our rocket back to the hotel, and then I think we all relaxed that night for once. We went out. To get pizza because oh. our sponsors are oh good point yeah we, thank you for bringing one that one up. of our gracious donation donators for the team took us out to dinner because they helped bring the rocket down my parents and uh, <laughs> we also celebrated Gary's birthday yes yes we did and the team sang happy birthday not only here at the restaurant but also at the launch and we also kind of snuck in a little brownie from the restaurant mm-hmm. there for him and he, boy his face. Yeah, he, he was smile the biggest smile I've ever seen. We picked him up. We took him out <laughs> to dinner. It was oh, we forgot to mention that our uniform that we have. We also got Gary one, so Gary was matching with us the whole time. I mean, he got to yeah, exactly He's part of the team. And uh, yeah, the it seemed like uh, again, like we said, it seemed like Gary could not be happier to be there with us. And frankly, we were happy to have him. Um, we couldn't ask for a better mentor. So really, it was a good time. Yeah. 
You know, just a little side tangent. You know what I think is really funny? What's that? We have spent so much time together that we're now ordering the same exact things at restaurants. Uh oh. Explain. At the pizzeria. Oh yeah. 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 We're like, "Hmm, this sounds good. We all got the same thing. Like half the team got the same thing, and then you and uh, your lady friend uh, had your own stuff. But everyone else was eating the same thing. I had a club sandwich. And uh, every time on the road, we would all order about the same thing. (laughs) We went to uh, the The steakhouse. The steakhouse. We ordered the same thing or variants of the same thing. And I'm like, hmm, this sounds good. And then I'd hear, like, Nathaniel at the table ever go, hmm, this sounds good. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, we've all infected each other. It's my turn on the brain cell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after after all the launch stuff, like, after that, we had just some time to kind of relax. Uh, and we did a few things with our remaining time in Alabama. Um, we decided that we wanted to go visit the Jack Daniels distillery. That was very cool, uh, hearing about that. We also went to the Marshall Space Flight Center. Now, I don't know if you guys know this. Well, you guys know this, but those of you listening, I'm talking to you. Yes, you, uh, James. <laughs> in your headphones. Do your homework and uh, also listen. So Marshall Space Flight Center is a site in Huntsville, Alabama, that they tested all of the Saturn V stuff or like the rocket engines on. And they, they do a bunch of stuff with Blue Origin, um, SpaceX, so on and so forth, Artemis, as we'll learn. And thankfully, because of my connections with some of the previous stuff that I've done, I, I knew the chief tech, t- chief technologist of NASA Marshall Space Flight Center, uh, John Dagenich. And uh, I managed to get a tour of the Space Center for the team. Shout out to John Dankinich. Thank you so much, John. That was an amazing, amazing tour. Thank you so much. Very inspirational, too. He, he gave us a lot of tips and tricks that we won't necessarily share here. Not yet, at least. we got to leave you wanting. <laughs> and so uh, we got a, you know, a firsthand tour with him. When we got to see one of the, the big clean rooms they had, they showed us like the, or he showed us like the 3D printing stuff for a lot of the rocket parts. We got to see the Artemis 3. Upper, that was the two. No, it's Artemis it's three. three. Yeah, okay. the Artemis three. It wasn't the capsule. It's the uh, the upper integration. State, the integration. Mm-hmm. But I know. But what was the piece? I don't remember uh, the name of it. I it's, forgot the name of it too. But it's something integration. The integration module. I yeah. believe it's called. And it was, of course, massive. And we didn't think anything of it. We didn't even know what it was. And then we learn, like a week later, when we're finally back in Oregon, that a picture was taken of that, and it is actually the live Artemis three piece that they are building for the Artemis three mission. No, and he said it when we were doing the tour. Did he? Yeah, well, he, I, he did. He did say Artemis two, but then when you look at the picture on NASA, they say it's the Artemis three. Maybe, oh, maybe okay. I, should, I, heard, is, I heard him say Artemis two. Yeah, I heard That's him say Artemis two as well. But then when I when I showed you, remember the picture the the post yeah. I showed you? Mm-hmm. They they said it was Artemis three, and what they were doing is. They're putting on the thermal uh, coating. Mm. That's why when we saw it, it was all the way it looked. It was like white and green. <laughs> but yeah. you know what gets me about this tour? He was so nonchalant. He just kind of waves at it. Like, oh, yeah. Like, willy-nilly. Like, like, he's talking about the weather. Like, oh, it's going to be cloudy. Oh, that's the Artemis three capsule. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just moves on. I'm like, oh, this oh. is the world's largest CNC machine. And then he just goes, hmm, it's boring. Oh. <laughs> and like, then oh. also how he, how he was like, there's no tax here, so you can buy the cheese on your burger oh, if you'd yeah. like. That, that got me. Because so. they have like a Whataburger, Popeyes, and a bunch <laughs> yeah. of other things on the actual uh, MSFC like campus. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we got to see the, the Saturn V test stands, but we weren't allowed to take pictures. We got to see the SLS test stand. 
Um, there's old, there's like old uh, panels from like the the space shuttle like fuel tank just like laying around. He's like, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how I can take one of those home. <laughs> we were joking. Yeah, with and them. it's just like He's garbage. Like, <laughs> we were joking with them. It's like I won't tell if you won't. I'll, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll left this one. You get the other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we got to see the ISS mission control uh, at Marshall Space Flight because they have a few. They have one at Kennedy. They have one at Marshall, and they have one in uh, Johnson. You got to pass. By where they assembled and tested the ISS. Oh yeah, where they yeah. they, they, they have the like the the all of the modules laid out, mm -hmm. the simulation modules. Which I thought that was really inter interesting, but like he's like I said, he goes, yeah, you know that's boring. You guys don't want to see that. And I'm like, I maybe I do. <laughs> what, what was the number he gave? Didn't he say it was like eighty thousand dollars per kilogram? Because we were talking, uh, we were talking with him uh, in the ISS stuff. Uh, and he was saying that they were doing different ways to recycle, like astronaut waste. Oh, yeah. No, it was forty-eight thousand dollars per liter of water. Yeah, that's, that's what water. It was. Yeah. Water. Forty-eight thousand dollars per liter of water. And so, you know, your urine it makes up quite a bit of that, I'm sure. That was a weird. Also, they're just little... trying to get water to the ISS because yeah. there's yeah. no water in space. Yeah. But that, that was a weird little system because they had all this these jars. Yeah, the, the jars. What struck me was that there's like, uh, oh, this is astronaut urine, this is Chinese urine, and they had one with Russian urine or something, and it was just like pitch black. Yeah, it was like and pitch like, black. Is, is he okay? <laughs> very odd. Um, that, it, that still stuck with me. It was cool, though. It was cool. It was really yeah. cool. It also turns out, as I was talking to John on the way back out, because he had this big van, and first off, we were supposed to get like passes, like we were supposed to wait in line to get like our license registered to like get into the center. Can we talk about that? I mean, he, yeah, I mean, probably. We just got, well, he had the van, so I'd assume it was fine. Uh, so he just drove us in. I mean, he had the big van and he was escorting us, so we were fine. But yeah, we got into the, the Space Flight Center because he was like, yeah, bring us in. We're good. And, uh, whoa, God, there, there's something else I was going to mention. I lost my train of thought. Was it numbers. about the tour, or is it was it about the tour? Yeah, you talking about the we last just, segment of the tour, or something in between the propulsion know. side in, and the in the first segment? We got to see the Orion capsule too. Yeah, and then we got to talk about NASA's role in material science, which was I thought was very interesting. So, if you didn't know, NASA is you know of course government funded. Um, so they get to do all the cutting edge research, and they don't really get a profit on it a lot. But they lay all of the groundwork for pretty much all of the other aerospace companies in town right now. Like, in town, like, figuratively. <laughs> but, like, Relativity, um, all of the 3D printing, all of that, that wasn't actually done by Relativity, we found out. That was pioneered by NASA, and then Relativity, Relativity just went, hey, I know you were doing this thing. Uh, help a brother help out. Help a brother out. And they're like, yeah, so NASA's kind of like the, the, the great grandpappy of all of the... The, the cutting edge. Uh, the young whippersnappers. All the young whippersnappers that are coming out right now. <laughs> uh, Relativity, SpaceX, Firefly. Yep. Um, was it Blue Origin? Yeah. Yep. Blue Origin. All of them are, they owe a lot of their founding research to NASA and to specifically the, the Huntsville or the Marshall Space Flight Center. And I thought that was astounding. I, uh, I remembered what I was going to say. So it turns out that John Dankenditch... He actually knows the newest aerospace professor here at Oregon State University. <laughs> oh, Dr. So Wurz. I mentioned Dr. Richard Wurz to him. I said, oh, yeah, our new aerospace professor, because he had mentioned something about uh, Cal Poly. Is that what it is? Something like that, yeah. And uh, I had mentioned that JPL, we had... JPL, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mentioned that we had a professor who had like worked with JPL and worked at JPL. 
and uh, he's like, oh, I know him. Like, wait, really? And I'm like, he's like, yeah, like, I worked with a lot. Like, I've sent interns to him. He had nickname and every, everything. He yeah. goes, oh, do we want to say the, the nickname? And he's like, Richie? Little <laughs> Richie. Oh, yeah. Like, Whoa. Like, th- what a small world, right? Yeah. And then at, towards the end of the tour, you know, we got to see, like, all of the different propulsion methods. We got to see John's lab. That was wild. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, what? Yeah. Because you want to do propulsion. Exactly. So when I saw that lab, I was like, this is, this is like, heaven right now. And we were just walking <laughs> through everything, and I'm like, oh, I've seen this before. <laughs> and I'm just, like, trying to, like, just keep chilling and everything because, you know, it's keep a going. tour. And, and then I even got so excited at one point. You were like, shh, be quiet, be quiet. Because yeah. we were in a spot that we weren't supposed to be in. Yeah. But, I mean, we were allowed to. Uh but I was just making, I guess, a lot more noise than I thought I was. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you looked like a kid in a candy store. You were a kid on Christmas morning. Everything in the world was going right in Nathaniel's world at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> you could it's, see it. Especially when he showed us his, his grains that he I was, was working on. I was going to talk about the grains. Yeah. Those things were so massive and just, they looked like. Are you talking about the ones that, for, for Mars? Uh, the ones that he had in his lab. Yeah. The, the very first lab, I think, that we saw. Or yeah. the second one. Yeah, and how he, he had was, all the pounds and he yep. was smacking. Yep. That was making me nervous. Okay, so <laughs> so to explain, these grains that we're discussing, uh, these are propellant grains. So, like, the motor that we had for our rocket had grains that were a little bit smaller than 76 millimeter? Uh, 75, 75. 75. Yep. So, basically, it's around three inches. Uh, and so, these grains are what boost our rocket 2.3 seconds, about, you know, mm-hmm. 4,000 feet. The ones he had in his lab were probably about eight to nine inches in diameter and maybe about three or four inches thick. No, and so do you see some some of them on the bottom they're, shelf? They're bigger uh, than your head. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I could put massive. my hand to it and there would still be radius. And yeah. these, they seem dangerous, and they are, but you need a lot to like set them off. But yeah, he was just like slapping them around. He's just picking them up. He's like, yeah, these are these are big motor propellant grains that we use in some of our rockets. And It was really cool, some of the stories he had about that. Did you want to say? or? Yeah, go ahead. Well... Uh, one of the, the grains that he was talking about was he needed a propulsion. They needed a propulsion system off of Mars like to possibly come back. So they specially made like all of those grains oh, for to ignite at negative 144 oh, yeah. degrees Celsius. Negative 144 degrees Celsius. Yeah, because that's what Mars would be. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they would 148 ign- degrees Kelvin. They would ignite and, you know, be a rocket and then, you know, actually propel out of the atmosphere. But he goes, yeah, then we decided against that, and then uh, I, I gave it to my friend to do hobby launches. For Tripoli. For, for Tripoli, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Just donating these grains that he just made in his lab. Ah, oh, here you go. Have some grains. And then how he was also saying, before we make the big ones, you know, we want to test them on the little high power mm-hmm. rockets. So we go down to the Tripoli launch site and just launch, and I'm just like... Let me know. Like, I want to go. <laughs> like, like, I, I want to go, please. I'm going to be part of this. Like, I want to go launch these. But uh, after we got to see the propulsion lab, we got to see one of the boosters for the space shuttle. Um, our tour concluded, and, uh, yeah, it was amazing. Um, again, thank you, John. John Dankinich, thank you so much. Uh, it was an amazing tour. Uh, I'm so glad that you answered my uh, DM on Instagram. It really thank was you. inspirational. Thank you so much. And that was that was where my joke came in, which is, uh, it's not who you know, it's who I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you again, John. And uh, actually, if you'd like to come to Oregon State University and give a talk, uh, we would be more than happy to have you here. Yes, and uh, I also, uh, I recall you saying you've never been to Oregon, so uh, there's no better place to come. We're definitely the best college in the state. 
<laughs> and I can say that I'm completely unbiased, of course. So, but thank you again, John. Um, from there, uh, half the team went to go do homework in the hotel, and then the other half drove four hours to Memphis, Tennessee, because we could. <laughs> and we went to go see a specific location. And what was that location, you may ask? Don't worry, I'll tell you. I'm going to let I'm going to let you sit in suspense. Imagine you're a, a pilgrim, okay, from the far off land of Oregon, down in the south in Tennessee. You see the mighty Mississippi, you see the grand gateway arch, but that's not that's not the most grandiose thing down there in the south. Do you know what it is? It is the simulacrum of the beauty of Egypt. An entire pyramid made of steel, glass, and soul. <laughs> we went to the Bass Pro Shop pyramid on the Mississippi River near Mud Island in Memphis, Tennessee. And my God, it actually, you know, I was happier to see that than I was to see the rockets succeed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, you're lying. No, no you're I'm lying. joking. I'm joking, of course. I did, I did bow down to the mighty Bass Pro Shop we, Pyramid. We have pictures that we may or may not post on Instagram, possibly, of him <laughs> bowing down like, pr like prayer match style. Yep. <laughs> the the Bass Pro Shop pyramid, uh, beautiful. Uh, it's a it's literally a Bass Pro Shop that is a pyramid, a hotel, and a store all in one. And I'd always heard about it, and uh, it, it was just as beautiful as it was in person. They also have live crocodiles and fish. No alligators, alligators, alligators yeah. and fish. Yes, the and fish. One of them jumped out and died uh, out of the tank when we were there. Yeah, did you guys not know that? One of them was like, hey. I'm out. <laughs> and then at the top, they have a restaurant. They as do. Well as the oh, lookout. I did oh, yeah. not yeah, like they, that. The, we have a few members of the team, apparently, who are <clears> in <throat> aerospace but are afraid of heights. Well, you don't like heights. You don't like heights. See, I'm not afraid of heights. I'm afraid of the sudden stop at the end. Okay. And uh, I love heights. So, <laughs> oh, and so when we went out to the balcony with the see-through floor all the way down to the you know the ground of the Bass Pro Shop pyramid, it was beautiful. There was a cracked pane of glass when we went out there on the balcony. I'm glad you didn't come out because you may have. No, I was watching you guys the whole time. You guys were bouncing on it, like, stepping I'm on like, it. Look at the cracked pane look of glass. glass. Look we're at the like, giant fracture in oh, this glass. We're only 300 feet above the ground. I can jump on it. I took pictures of it. Yep. <laughs> yep. You took a video. Yeah. Every gust of wind, you can feel mm -hmm. the the steel. Flex and bend. It was wonderful. I loved it. I imagine sliding down the Bass Pro Shop pyramid and becoming a puddle at the bottom. <laughs> but yeah, we, no. that's why we came in to take a picture with you too, is we didn't want you to have to come out there. I, to... I f I'm thankful. I'm like, yeah, no, I went out I just to say I did, and I uh, went right back in. And uh, after that, we went to eat at a wonderful place known as Dyer's Burgers. And <laughs> I wanted the team to go there because Dyer's is famous. Do you know what they're famous for? The burgers that I make do. you no, old. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no, no. The burgers that are old. <laughs> because the burgers are cooked in 100-year-old grease that they clean and strain every day. But it is 100 years old. They, in fact, had photos from the 1900s before World War I of people eating these burgers in this grease. And you know what? It was wonderful. Fantastic meal. It did taste don't, pretty good. Don't shake your head at me. Mr. Metters. Okay, <laughs> those burgers were fantastic, and I will not hear this slander. Okay, Dyer, and that, and our, our waitress was wonderful, so kind to she us. Awesome. She brought us two waters. Okay, each. We did almost get each. <laughs> On the walk walk back, we almost did, did get mugged. Yeah, there was a, Memphis is an interesting place when it late was, at night. Uh, 
Nathaniel, I was actually pissed at you. Look, you walking down the street with your expensive camera, nice haircut, <laughs> you had your ring on, you had all your jewelry on, all your bling on. That was a mistake. The, there's this, this, this guy on the street, you know, obviously down on his luck. He looks him up and down and goes, you got money, don't you? And he started following us to the parking lot. We're like, mm, walking fast. <laughs> Let's walk slightly faster. Let's just... Uh, Let's just walk by it. I'm like, no, Nathaniel, why? I put my ring in my pocket. I put my watch Nathaniel's, in my pocket. Nathaniel's dropping his wads of $100 bills on the ground and go, oh, no, my allowance. What will I ever do? What will I ever, yeah, yeah, exactly. What will I ever do? You've got, like, super nice sneakers on. I was wearing these. Yeah, I'm joking. <laughs> but, yeah, we uh, then we drove on back that night, and then the next day we started our long 40-hour drive back. Nathaniel just dropped his phone on the ground. <laughs> He's an expensive phone. Yes, very expensive <laughs> oh phone. My God. Yeah, he actually has four phones, and he dropped three of them in Memphis <laughs> when that guy was going to mug us. And uh, we, Distraction. Huh. we started our drive back the next day, 5 a.m., you know, again, only doing it in three days. However, our routes differed somewhat. The fun car, <laughs> Mud 1, went to a special place, and Mud 2 drove straight to Omaha, Nebraska, and you missed out. I won't uh. discuss what we did at this cave, at this this location, but there's a uh, a cave system in lower Missouri or southern Missouri, uh, known as like the Bat Cave, and uh, Nathaniel, Ian, and I drove through it with a golf cart, and it was a wonderful experience. I'll leave it at that. You can look it up. Look up the Bat Bar Cave in Missouri, and uh, we went to that, and then uh, we drove up to like 11 p.m. that night through thunderstorms. That was pretty uh, through cool. Omaha, yeah, dry. Was, it was or it was dry lightning. That was beautiful. I mean, we were literally coming into Omaha. We saw in the Discord that a uh, car one or car two, Mud they, two. they already made it to the hotel, and they're like, "You got to get your camera out. There's lightning storms going on. It looks really beautiful." We're like, "Oh, I wonder how bad it is." And then we're getting closer and closer to Omaha. And we just look up and you see this cloud coverage, and then out of nowhere, we're just like, "Well, what is that?" And then, bam! Just a strike of lightning just lights up the whole like. Everything and we're just like, whoa! Did yeah, you get maybe any, that's uh, what they're talking good shots about. For that? I did not. I got. I think I got some slow mo video. I was bringing it in that night, and uh, the other two were passed out, and I didn't feel comfortable negotiating a camera <laughs> and, and driving. Um, so I, I was driving as well. I tried to get like the GoPro strapped to my head, mm. but didn't. I was I was zonked out. I was yep. doing some honk schmies. And then Ian, he was zoning in and out. He was doing the, actually, he, he put on the GoPro oh, at doing one the... point because I was like, hey, Ian, maybe you could get a better shot. Put the GoPro on. And if you rewatch, because I was taking a time lapse to try and hopefully get a couple good pictures of the lightning and then put it together so you'd see like no lightning, lightning, and then mm -hmm. no lightning. But what you actually see is Ian going up and down, bobbing his head because he's just so tired. Nose diving. <laughs> just, yeah. mm -hmm. The thing that you do whenever you're about to fall asleep or as soon as your head hits your chest, you wake up because your chin hits your chest. Yep, exactly. I think we were all doing that at a certain point. And what a, be what a good state to see lightning in because there's no clouds or there's no mountains or anything. There's nothing besides flat ground that could ever <laughs> block the lightning. So that's all you get to see. It was frankly probably the most exciting thing I saw in Nebraska. That was a weird hotel, though, when we finally landed. That was. was probably one of the most interestingly culty hotels I've ever been to. And I've been to a lot of hotels. Did, did you get any of that? You guys got in so late that you didn't get to talk to a lot of people, did you? I was just very upset that it wasn't free breakfast. It was a place to sleep. <laughs> so, yeah, I was well, going to say, we stayed at hotels I didn't and really free like, breakfast. When we, when we got there, I was just so tired. I'm like, 
Let's get to the room. And then I looked over. I saw there's breakfast. And then it says menu. And I'm like, oh. We mm. had to pay for your own parking. You had to pay for breakfast. That too. But a QR it was code. so weird. So so Isaac, James, and I were exhausted. We, you know, oh, we were like, oh, this is messed up. We got to pay for parking at our own hotel that we're already paying for. We're kind of grumpy. We, we get in. <clears throat> the, the attendant is super nice, super chill. But we kind of look around. And it's like there's a kale bar. And like everyone's in yoga pants and there's candles everywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, did I just, you know, everyone is like fake smiles and like their bleached teeth. And they everything. have to, they have to act like I'm they're like, excited. I, they live in Nebraska. No, they were, they're residents. I'm like, this is a, I'm, it, it was like very twilight zony. You know what I mean? Yeah. When we showed up, I mean, it was just dark. There was a van that was leaving the parking lot. It looked a little weird because it was like one of those big cargo vans. And they like, were talking back and forth for a bit. Mm-hmm. And then they just kind of left. So we got all our stuff. We go in. Uh, we go through the doors. It's pretty dim. The bartender guy's there. Other than that, there's like a Connect Four thing to the left. There was a little like lounge table area. And then on the right was the 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 checks the check-in place. And I mean, we just checked in and then we... You you guys read into these things too much. I literally got to the hotel. I said, "Take card, give me room key. I go sleep." <laughs> okay, keep card. Room. I want bed. <laughs> yeah, card. Yeah, literally, all I went upstairs and I I passed right back out after we we realized that there was a uh, like yoga ball in the room and some stretch bands and such. Yeah, that was kind of that was a little weird. I will I will give you that. But and then the, the barn door for the bathroom. Yeah, the barn, of the, the like regular the barn door. door. Yeah, yeah, it didn't lock. You can see right through yeah. to, to the toilet seat. You can hear anything and everything. Yep. There was there was no uh, <laughs> there was no shower curtain or anything. Nope. There was the toilet, and then you could see when you're sitting on the toilet right into the shower. So it's like, yep. It you know flag on the field, flag, so many flags. But I'm just saying, like when you travel enough, you start you start noticing some things. You get you get a survival instinct about where you rest your head. <laughs> My survival instinct is not existed because I could sleep anywhere. <laughs> what about the first hotel? I would have. I don't get me started on. That. <laughs> I have a vendetta like... against Utah at this point now. I think we all do. And then, I, uh, well, the second time around wasn't okay. as bad. No, the second time around wasn't. And that then bad. the food wasn't as bad either. Yeah. Okay. Once you actually got the try. So. The next time, or so we drove, we stayed basically near the exact same city or at the same city as when we came down. So on the way back, we stayed back in Salt Lake City, uh, kind of near the airport at a microtel, I think is what it was called. Mm-hmm. And that hotel was actually pretty nice. And we got, at, we actually managed to eat because it wasn't Easter, which was nice. And uh, it was like a nice little area we were in. The hotel was fine. And then when we left the next day to come finally back to Corvallis, um, <laughs> you guys missed it. But our car, Nathaniel and I's car, uh, we drove through a like white out like winter storm in the oh. plains of Wyoming. Yeah. And like I was driving along with my brights on, like barely being able to see like 20 feet in front of me, like having to just follow the road as, as close as I could. Going as fast as possible. Yep. Felt like the cars were going to become a helicopter. Yeah. Just- well, it was like the the, wind, the wind was blo- it was like sixty mile per hour winds too, and like we're driving like next to semis, and they're going the same speed. I'm like, oh, this is a great time to get pancaked between the semi and the ground. So we yeah. left about half an hour before you guys, mm-hmm. and we're we're on our way, we're trucking along, and I get a, a message from my dad, and he goes, "Hey, be careful!" And he, it's a little link to a video of a jeep getting blown off the road. This is northern Wyoming. Just heads up. I'm like, we need to get we're in, to the metal. We're we in need southern to, Wyoming. We're, 
Well, and it's heading towards you. You know, you can see the storm. It's flat. You know, there's nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, you so I'm like, oh, we gotta, we gotta get going. And uh, I ignore Isaac's call for bathroom breaks for uh, you know a couple exits, and we got the the beginning of it, and then we got off the pass. Yeah, we were stuck in it for like an hour and a half. And then finally, I got us out of it, and I was like, thank God. And it's like you could see, like, as soon as we started to get into the Rockies uh, towards, like, Utah, you could see, like, the storm in the distance and how it took up, like, the entire sky. Yeah. And once we, so I had mentioned, once we once we had kind of got back into Corvallis, or not got back into Corvallis, into Oregon, we got to <laughs> Portland. Not even to Wilsonville yet, Kyle, oh, mind you. Yeah. We got to Portland, and... Unfortunately, Nathaniel caught me on video uh, having a bit of a, a road rage moment. <laughs> and uh, you, do you still have that? Somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere that's, in that's, the archives It's going to be blackmail for later, it's I'm sure. Redacted. <laughs> nah. nah. I, uh, I certainly, I was saying some unkind things about my fellow Oregonian drivers. It, it was quite, quite the sight. I mean, like, just imagine you're sitting there with... The team captain, mm -hmm. someone who's never expressed harsh feelings <laughs> to anyone or anything ever. And he's just there in the driver's seat, <laughs> not even having the two hands on the wheel anymore because we're in a dead stop. And just going at it at the windshield, at the person in front of us, the person to the right of us, the person behind us, the person going the other way that's not even in the traffic jam. <laughs> I mean, even the tree was at fault, too. Like literally, your vocabulary that day. Anything and everything. <laughs> Was just getting the treatment. Oh. Man, I mean, <laughs> I had been driving for like nine hours, and I was I was ready to be done. I was I had wanted I wanted to be back already. I wanted to like not be in the car. It anymore. was so crazy that stretch. So we when we caught it, it was we weren't even in Portland. We were going. We were following the river mm -hmm. and that exit into Portland. It was just stopped. we hit we hit that too. And then we were trying to do some shenanigans to try to get. We were cutting off on the exits, going back onto the, the I-5, going yeah. off, getting back onto the I-5. Never do that. It's always uh, harder to get back on. Well, we, we cut off about 20 minutes that way, um, according to the GPS anyway. And uh, so I used to work in Wilsonville, and I'm like, don't worry, guys. We'll take my shortcut. Google has sold my shortcut out to everybody, so everybody's taking this little back road that I used to go uh, home on all, all the way and it took added on another 40 minutes so I'm like ah <laughs> I hate Wilsonville and I also had bought a fake grenade what that, oh yeah when we were in Baker City and I was just kind of swinging this grenade around and Nathaniel and Ian had to stop me because there was truckers driving by and apparently seen the okay this fake grenade again it's like a paperweight and they were looking over at our car like <laughs> quote unquote fake I mean <laughs> one or two modifications and you know yeah, yeah it becomes a it becomes a firework yeah Let's leave it at that. Yeah. And, but we eventually got through the the miserable traffic. It astounded me that the only time we had traffic was in Nashville and Oregon. And the worst one was definitely in Oregon. But then we got back, and that's all she wrote. We uh, we finished off the last thing we needed to do for USLI, which is our post-launch assessment review that was submitted uh, yesterday. And like that, USLI, uh, our team, 2022-2023 is over. And what a journey it's been. Apt, considering our drive, <laughs> apt, considering our experiences. We have suffered so much. So, so much. I'm a still lot. in that, like, honeymoon phase. I don't even want to work anymore. Like, a lot, like, a lot, of, <laughs> like, a lot of suffering. Like, man, I was miserable working, working in Maryfield out for, like, 26 hours at a time. 
And now I don't have to do that? I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah, we definitely have the most hours logged, like, per individual. Definitely. Uh, I mean, like, I, there was times when Nathaniel and I, for the deliverables, we were putting on, like, 300 hours each. Yeah. Yeah. But, you definitely know. Definitely a adventure. Glad I did it. Not doing it again. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. And, you know... It seems like uh, with all we've discussed today with the uh, with like, uh, you know, USLI and the end of what what's going on now, you know, it's a uh, it's been a it's been a pleasure, gentlemen. It really has. We're going to keep up the podcast as long as possible, but I will give you a hint of what we're going to try to be talking about next week. So USLI is going to try to continue to host this podcast, even if us lovely hosts are not necessarily the hosts for next year. We hope to try to pass it along to next year's team. But also in that respect, uh, we'll be discussing that more next week, and we will have our lovely podcast manager, Megan, on next week as well. And another thing we're going to try to be discussing is uh, a few of the more common topics that have happened while we've been gone. Um, SpaceX, for example, you know, the, the heavy Starship launch. But uh, also, we hope to do some food science talk, which I know we've been uh, teasing for a very long time uh, about some taste bud changing pills or temporary flavor changing pills. So we're going to try to do a whole episode next week with some video, and we're going to try to bring in a whole bunch of foods to test out with our podcast manager. And uh, we'll discuss a lot more of uh, what we will plan to do for USLI and at least not rocket science next year. And then before we close out, uh, there's going to be a rocket launch where a lot of the members are going to try and get L1 and L2 certified. This is going to be in May. It's going to be the 27th. I believe it's the 26th, 27th, 28th over in Brothers, Oregon. And so for all of our Oregonians out here that are listening, feel free to come out and say hello to us and get to meet us in the flesh. And with that, at least it's not not rocket rocket science. science. All right, everyone, have a wonderful day, and we will be back next week. See you later.